Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is... Pat-O! Pat-O! How was your weekend? Um, my weekend was uh, a little bit different than usual. This weekend, I was a dad. Um, what? That's, yeah, I know. That's, that's what I did this weekend. I, I wore my dad hat. And uh, I, I'm a man that wears many hats. I do many different things. I'm many different people throughout the year. I have many aliases that I go under. And uh, this weekend, my wife was out of town. And it was, uh, you know, I have joint custody of my daughter. It was my weekend with my daughter. And my son had a basketball tournament. Oh, yeah. So, so you were like really dad I, mode. I was straight up in dad mode all weekend long. There was there was no paranormal activity. There was no uh, weird happenings. There was just me. <laughs> Did and- you wear a... Uh- Socks with sandals? <laughs> no, but I wore, I did buy this like X Men replica jacket off like Instagram. Oh, okay. Um, and I wore <laughs> that the whole dad. time. Yeah. I was the fucking dressing like a superhero dad. <laughs> it was, uh, it was all right. I, I, the basketball tournament was in Aurora, which is about 45 minutes away. So spent like the whole weekend driving back and forth. He had one game Friday night, two games on Saturday. They lost all of them. Oh. And I don't listen. Like I'm not an athlete. This my my son is already more of an athlete than I've ever been <laughs> my whole entire life. So I appreciate him trying. He's actually one of the better players on the team. So there's no like, like listen. Like win or lose, I still love you. I am not one of those crazy parents that like gets angry when their kid loses at sports. However, my son like my son's team like played those kind of parents, and I don't like seeing those people win. Yeah. So it's like it's not so much that it's not so much that I want like it's kind of demoralizing to sit there and watch your kid lose time after time again. But then like when you're sitting next to these assholes that are screaming at their kids to like beat your kid, like they're yelling and instru- they're yelling instructions at them, like you know, cover the point, get in the basket, do this, I don't know, be more aggressive. And it's like okay, you're giving your kids instructions on how to beat my kids. Like, should I be yelling instructions at my kid on how to beat yours, or is that what we're doing? Are we? Like, I don't know. I just, I hate it. it. That, that to me, like, like, don't worry about it. We'll take him back in the alley after the game. <laughs> yeah. Fuck these little pricks. Like, you know, and then I'm surrounded because, because they were, this was like a tournament. So everyone traveled to the place that we were playing. Yeah. So like all of the other parents from my kid's school were like there and we were all kind of in close proximity. And like, I don't really talk to those people. Um, one of the kids' moms is like really hot and I get very uncomfortable around her. And me and my wife talked about this already, so I can talk about this in the air. But, like, whenever she talks to me, like, I blush, and I don't know what to say, and I stammer. And I turn into, like, a 14-year-old kid. Like, Ugh. And uh, so that's awkward. And then there's this, like, other guy who he's one of the parents uh, of uh, one of the kids. And, like, he's at all the games that I'm at. Always. And his wife is, like, very rarely there. So he's usually there on his own. You would have think you would have thought, like, after a year and a half of this, me and this guy would have, like become friends and i just refuse to talk to him do you know his name no i don't want to know his name i know his kid's name i don't talk to him and if i see him i just look at my phone and i don't know why because i'm not like like, you know me like i'm a friendly person but i just like don't i'm just like i don't want you people are all lame i don't and then the hot mom you're too hot for me yeah you need to go eat a fucking kill zone comeback or something like you were too goddess like i just I don't know. So there was that. And then after the tournament, me and my daughter went and saw Megan together. Because my kid didn't want to. My son didn't want to. What would so. you think about it? I dug it. I thought it was pretty good. It was PG-13. 
<laughs> which I, I think I, I knew only because um, I had planned on taking my kids to it. And I saw that it was PG-13. It's not gory. There's, there's very little blood. Um, it's very, it's very evil dead. Like, like there's a lot of, it, it, it can be very wacky at times and it's got a lot of the snap zooms, you know, like when, like when Ash is in the, in the shed and he's like making the chainsaw hand and it keeps zooming in on what he's doing. Right. Um, it does that a lot. It's very, it's a lot more playful than I thought it would be. And I, it was a pretty good time, you know, and talking about Evil Dead, the trailer for the new Evil Dead played before it, Evil Dead Rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to say, that kind of disappointed me a little bit because that wasn't as playful. And I and me and me and Daniel had a conversation about this on Y2K, but it's like, I feel like there's two types of Evil Dead people. There's the people that really like the first Evil Dead, like the tree raping Evil Dead. And then there's people... The, and this is the camp that I'm in that like the really hammy Bruce Campbell, three stooges, evil dead. You know mm. what I mean? Okay. And, and I like goofy. Can't be evil dead. And yeah. this new evil dead movie looks very much like the original, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's, you know, and it, all we're seeing is like, what, like a, a, a minute trailer. Like, we don't know. You don't know what the movie is. Wait, hold on. You think it looks like the original <clears throat> in terms of being campy? No. It, well, in terms of not being campy, like the, I would, I would say the first evil dead movie is pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward horror. I think it's um, still pretty campy. I swear to God, if you, I mean, Bruce Campbell falls into those shelves. How many times? It's pretty ridiculous, but not as, but not, to the heights that the second and third one get well no it just continues to get yeah more and more ridiculous yeah yeah Yeah. and as far as the horrific factor of like a woman being raped by a tree we get that in the first one we never really reach those heights again in the second or third one um you know the third one has him like i said doing like three stooges bits (laughs) it's like it's real goofy he's got the hand crawling around and shit um well no that's the second one but yeah i don't know i just uh I don't know. I don't hug off the seal that tangent. I, I like all of them. Uh, you know, I'll say that. I enjoy everything that the Evil Dead franchise has done. Everything. Um, yeah. uh, you know, with, with my ranking being, um, honestly, number one, Evil Dead 2. Right. Uh, number two is Army of Darkness for me. See, this is all correct. Number three is the first one. Uh-huh. And then number four is the show. And then number five is the 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 2010 movie 2013 yeah i so the only the only thing that uh but none of them are bad no and i really did like the 2013 one but i i get what you're saying if you had to which what would you rank higher the tv show or that 2013 movie um i would probably have to rank the tv show too because number one bruce campbell and number two number two that tv show had like one or two really good episodes ever. Oh season. yeah, oh like yeah. the one with the baby. Yeah, was like fucking insane. I liked, I liked his dad. I liked his daughter. Um, yeah, Lee Majors. Like that stuff was all great. I thought the chick was hot. And Pedro was all right. Or what was his name? Was it Pedro? <laughs> I think it was Pedro on the show. All right, I'm not. <laughs> he was great. Pedro and have... the girl, and then Lucy Lawless was in it. Fucking. Oh yeah, yeah, she was okay. I mean, I just, I, I, I like the show a lot. No, there were some moments, and it's like, okay. And then what's his name? Ted Raimi was in it. Um, as Chet, Chet was great. 
it had some really fucking ridiculous moments but it also had some like genuinely horrifying moments like when he has to fucking trip on ayahuasca to fight the one demon <laughs> it's 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 kind of crazy um because that that creature itself is like horrifying but it's also bruce campbell tripping on ayahuasca and that's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah i i don't i remember watching that because my mom had stars and i would just go back to her i would go to her house and like do laundry and hang out, out once a week and watch yeah. it um i did really enjoy it it was good it was good and yeah. uh I, you know i feel like people sleep on the show and i'm like don't it's good like because i get it you know you make a show out of a movie and you're, and sometimes it doesn't work out well i guess i can't really think of any examples but um yeah well it was also i guess my only complaint with the with the tv show was that it took them too long it took them three seasons to kind of wind up where they went where they started off you know what i mean yeah um and that they they never have any reference towards the medieval stuff right and no not at all yeah that's not canon for some reason yeah and then the third and then the third season ends with him going to the future which was wow spoiler alert pato oh fuck you if you haven't watched it you know what if you haven't watched ash versus evil dead you're the reason there's no fucking season four so it's like (laughs) i'm not trying to protect your feelings you should have been watching the shit when it was on because we would have finally seen what happens when ash goes to the future yeah which is something they teased as far as back as the japanese release of um army of darkness yeah you went to the future there too yeah yeah i mean oh which was anyway. fun. That was a fun. That was a fun. You know, th- for true fans, that was a fun uh, little callback there. Yeah. And, and they ended it. You know, even though it got, it did get canceled prematurely, I felt like they ended it just fine. Yeah. Just fine. And I would have been happy if that's the way it ended. And that's that. I always want more Bruce Campbell. Right. I agree. You know, I, criminally I respect, underused. I respect that he is done playing Ash. I, I do. I mean, it makes me sad, but I get it. The man's not getting any younger. Right um you know i i could take or leave this new evil dead i have a feeling i will probably enjoy it just based off of what i've seen from the trailers and because you know i know i liked the newer one i did like it for what it was yeah i did and too it didn't, it didn't have ash it didn't need ash it was good you know so yeah that's uh my take on that um, i will say uh one more thing about bruce campbell he you know he played elvis in bubba hotep Oh yeah, and there was he was at some kind of movie thing. I don't know what it was. It might have been uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, and some inter- some interviewer on the red carpet grabbed him and said, "Hey, have you seen the new Elvis movie? You played Elvis and Bubba Totep. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> of this kid playing Elvis in this movie?" And he totally took a shit on the kid. Whoever the I forget what the actor's name is. But he kind of made fun of him, like for for his for his portrayal of Elvis. Oh my god! And I just thought that was so badass. Like Bruce Campbell, who the fuck are you? <laughs> but no, he was like, I, I did it first. Like, but yeah, he played a damn good Elvis. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> that movie is. If you've never seen Bubba Hotep, now that's a movie. <laughs> yes, that's like that's a movie. You guys should do that on my two K movies. Oh, Bubba Hotep, sure. Yeah. I, I think that if. Uh, I'm requesting if i if i if i win the mega millions tonight i and i get you know whatever it is 300 fucking 100 million dollars sure. um i would fund bubba nasferatu which was supposed to be the sequel to that oh, where oh my god it's did you ever hear about that <laughs> no <laughs> it was supposed to be him 
and it was a, it was a prequel, and it was him in the seventies with Paul Giamatti as Colonel Tom Parker, and they're fighting vampires by special order of Richard Nixon. So you know how we talked about in the Elvis episode how uh, Nixon made Elvis de-aging or some shit, right? Yeah. And Elvis just wanted it so he could travel around with drugs on him. And uh, but the in the in the theory of the the movie, it's like no, he was actually uh, an agent for for Nixon in the White House, and he fights vampires. But Bubba Natsuratu, look it up. It's 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 one of like those famous never made sequels. That, that everyone, yeah, that would they would definitely need. To, if I ever win the lotto, I will fucking give. And them I think Bruce would do that. Well, he's kind. of, Yeah, you could still probably de-age him a little bit. You know, why would you de-age him? The whole point of Boba Hotep is they were in a nursing home, right? But it was a prequel to that. It was like this no. took place in the seventies, <clears throat> when it, when he was forty years old. Campbell's like sixty now, but he still looks good. I don't he know. Looks, he yeah, it he could pass for thirty. Suspension right of disbelief. There's no fucking vampires either, and we're gonna sign off That's on that. True. We could, <laughs> we could, we could sign off on Bruce Campbell pretending to be 10, 15 years. Younger. JFK isn't a black guy. Yeah, I mean you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's true. Um. Well, well. How do we start talking about this? Oh yeah, you saw you saw Megan. <laughs> how was your weekend? You had an exciting weekend. I I um well I did have an exciting weekend. Uh, so Friday I did I had a show. Um, I was on the historically haunted vodcast. Um, the guy that hosts that show, his name's Adam. He's freaking awesome. He goes around and uh, you know, he goes around to, like these haunted places and stuff. But but another thing that he does that's really neat is he's like. He's got like a bucket list of like going around to all these places where all these horror movies were filmed. And he's been fucking everywhere. Like he's been everywhere. It's really, really neat, actually. Um, so he's a cool guy. Definitely check him out. Um, I'll put a link somewhere for you guys to check him out. But I I did the show with um America's Sweetheart Ryan Tremblay and Gene Toxbury Tucson. Gene, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say your name. Um, she works along, alongside Lauren Coleman at the International Cryptozoology Museum. Um, great lady. She does like uh, big cats and things like that. And then you got, you know, Ryan's Wendigo stuff. And then Saturday, I actually did a little bit of. Um, did some research cracked open the old the old uh, research file there um i, I think you mean book honey no, <laughs> no, 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 no. i hate no, to no. see you struggle no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. i went to I, I went to ann's house i got together with ann and uh the intention there was not to like do any work like i just wanted to you know see ann or whatever but uh then we just couldn't help ourselves we got into a rabbit hole it's kick-started something new all over again um i don't know maybe i'll share some details on the patreon so that would be fun if you want to look into that so of course you gotta subscribe to find out um and then sunday i did another show um i'm going to be on the weekly spooky this week um talking about actually like michigan lore um so I have a really good friend. He runs this podcast, The Weekly Spooky. Typically, it's 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 a collection of different scary stories, you know, real or not. And um, I got to go on there and flex my folklore muscle um, about Michigan. So check that out. And then today I found out that I'm officially a published author. So that's... Yay. <laughs> 
That's where I need my soundboard. I could have done like. <laughs> I told you we should have recorded clapping. the intro. We we had prior to recording this this week's episode, we had a very boisterous, excited. Yeah, we gushed already. Exchanged, <laughs> yes, where we talked about how awesome this is, how happy I was for Asher's, and if you notice, that's why my energy level wasn't the same coming into this show. It's because I already shot my load. I uh, <laughs> Pat needs so to close, rest his eyes for a few minutes. I, I need um, to recharge. You know, no, no, no. For, but uh, in all honesty, I'm I'm going to be in the uh, Feminine Cobb Volume Five alongside a bunch of other great people. Um, but it, that should be coming out in the summer. Uh, so I'll let you guys know when and where you can, you know, purchase it online, or you can buy copies from me directly. If you see me at events and things like that, I will have them after it's released. So there's that. Yeah, How super exciting. With uh, Heather Mosier and Courtney Black, two guests that we've also oh, yeah. had. Was there anyone else on there that we've had on the show? Are Nobody the that two? we've had on the show yet. Yeah. Okay, those are the two that I recognized immediately, but I didn't know if maybe another one was stuck in there. But yeah, very cool. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. It's very cool. Um, I'll tease it a little bit. I, I my my article is titled "Trauma and the Paranormal," so, and that's all you get. You have to buy the book to figure out the rest. And I, I have read it, and it was not traumatic. It was, it was actually a very good experience <laughs> reading it. Very, very therapeutic um, <clears throat> to the trauma-minded. Uh, no, it is interesting. It's it's a concept that I've worked on for a while. It's something that people have heard me talk about, but has never been put into a spot before. Um, I want to know what you guys think when it comes out, when you read it. You know, I definitely want to hear the reception. If it's something that is interesting um, to a good portion of the community, then I might put a lot more energy into this. Um, you know, it's actually, it's been a heavy focus of my research for a long time, and um, you know, I'm excited to put it out there and and see what uh, see what the peanut gallery has to say. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's been my time. That's been my week. Nice. I don't uh, have any news. What? I don't have any news. I have I have one thing. Oh, okay. You have one news. <clears throat> I have. Well, it's two pieces of news that fold into each other, and uh, I, I'll just get started. So I uh, wanted to start off by talking about the fact that uh, our podcast made the Paranormality Magazine's top 10. Oh, that is news. Yeah. Yeah. For the uh, for the month of January and 55 percent of our listeners polled think that writing on the crest of the success, I will be the first to accidentally leak a sex tape instead of Asher's, which let me tell you that tracks. <laughs> um, I am photogenic, pervy and a filmmaker. And, uh, yeah, people like me make a lot of sex tapes, so it's only a matter of time before one ends up in the wrong hands. But not too long after I made this joke on Twitter and I put out that Twitter poll, did I see something um, about a documentary that was released about Paris Hilton okay. called This is Paris. Now, this documentary came out two years ago, but the article about it is making the rounds again this weekend because I guess... There was a, a celebrity party in California. Um, I think Kate Hudson's brother turned 35 or something, right? None of this means anything to anybody. But Paris Hilton and Britney Spears were photographed there together. And it brought up uh, a lot of conspiracy theories, I guess, that are out there that Britney Spears still has not been freed and has been replaced by a body double. So let me just backtrack for a second here. First of all, this whole Paris Hilton thing. A couple of two years ago, Paris Hilton came out with a documentary called This Is Paris. And in it, um, it talks about her upbringing 
and that uh, she was basically kidnapped. She, she was a wild child, right? She had a lot of money. And at 17, her parents had her kidnapped to be taken to a boarding school. And uh, she was sent to the Provo Cannon School in Utah. It's an establishment with a long history of abuse allegations. And a lot of people think that it is a MK Ultra style training facility. And um, some of the things that it, this, the school still exists today. And there's a actual disclaimer on their website trying to distance themselves from a lot of the claims that ex-students have made. And some of the things that this school supposedly does to their clientele, which are all incredibly rich, incredibly p- prominent young celebrities. So it's like child actors, uh, kids of famous people. Um, this isn't something that like Dr. Phil sends you to if your mom writes him a letter and says that she can't control you anymore, right? This is like crumb de la crumb boarding school. Um, and in her, in the documentary, uh, what's it called again? This is this is Paris. She actually recounts all the stuff, the brainwashing stuff they did to her at the school, and they animate segments of it, which is really oh. kind of weird and disturbing. Um, she says that you're sitting in a chair all day long, looking at a wall, getting yelled or hit. Um, she says that uh, I felt a lot of the people who worked there got off on torturing children and seeing them naked. They would prescribe everyone all these pills. I didn't even know what they were giving to me. I would just feel so tired and numb. Some people in the place were gone, like the lights are on and there's no one home. Uh, she was subjected to solitary confinement, like something out of one floor of the cuckoo's nest. They'd make people take off their clothes and go in there for like 20 hours. Someone was in the other room, straight jacket and screaming. I was freezing and starving. I was alone and scared. And all of the stuff that basically she outlines, either potentially unknowingly, like she doesn't even really know what she's saying. This is all um, taken from the origins and techniques of monarch mind control, which was like one of the documents that they MK Ultra used for like their experiments on people with acid back in the in the fifties and sixties and shit. So um, a lot of people saw this documentary and came away with this idea that like had she been programmed, like this is horrific behavior, and the documentary presents it as, as such. But people that knew a thing or two about a thing or two took it a step further and said, "Well, wait a minute." This actually sounds incredibly close to MK Ultra programming, right? So I wanted to bring that up to bring up the the more recent thing, which is this theory that's going on around online. And this was covered on in Billboard magazine, Variety, Fox News. Okay, this this story from this weekend was all over the place, and it was that her and Britney Spears were seen at this birthday party were photographed. And so photographs appeared on social media of her and Britney at this party this weekend. And a lot of people think that these photos are fake and they think that, that Paris Hilton is involved with this missing Britney Spears conspiracy that people think is happening. Right. Um, And I know you're not a big celebrity follower, and I'm really not either, but like this stuff all caught my interest, right? So have you, you, were you paying attention to like the Free Britney thing that was really, I mean, I kind of know about it, but not really. Right. So there was a conservatorship with her dad where he basically had control over her finances and her image and everything. And the idea at the time was that they were trying to protect her from herself. Um, 
she had children and she had a brand that was, you know, she, she had a responsibility to provide for the kids and she had a brand that was worth X number of million of, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars. And if it wasn't handled correctly, she could potentially tank her brand and lose all value. Now she's a person though, right? So it's kind of weird to talk about a person in these abstract terms, to think about a person in regards to their brand value. Okay. But if you were going through temporary mental instability and you were making an ass out of yourself in the press and you were to tarnish your brand enough that you wouldn't be able to earn money in the future, that could adversely affect your children. So the argument that the father made to the courts, and originally the courts agreed with it before this whole Free Britney thing started, was that she needed to be protected from herself, right? And that she's going through a rough time right now. We're working on it. We have her in therapy. We're trying things with medication. But she has the ability to make money. She needs to stay on track. She needs to lead a focused life and do these shows in Vegas and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. Well, eventually... There were some documentaries that hit Netflix. The press got involved. The, the, the people rose up. And they started this whole Free Britney movement that resulted in Britney Spears, the the uh, the thing that her dad had the uh, over the over her being dissolved. She was allowed to do what she wanted. Well, what did she do? Started posting these wacky-ass Instagram videos. Yeah. And then she ran off and married some random dude, right? Basically everything her dad was trying to protect her from doing. Now, if that's what she wants to do with her life, who the fuck are we to say anything about it? But it w- there was also kind of a hot minute where I think a lot of people were like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, maybe she was a little <laughs> off the rails. And now there's this feeling that maybe that's not even her or maybe she's been replaced. And that now they're after the, the party this weekend, there was... Um, there was they people thought Paris Hilton was in on it and it was there was 120 hashtags on TikTok about the what is it hashtag where is Britney um so I thought this was kind of worth bringing up in the news segment because obviously you got MK Ultra you got the prevalence of conspiracy theories in pop culture and you know you have even like I said all kinds of mainstream publications covering this and I think that it's definitely signaling like a shift in public perception of the media and celebrity culture. Folks are less trustful of this. I remember growing up, people would watch E! and read Entertainment Weekly, and we, everyone just believed this stuff, right? People love celebrities. And now I feel like everybody is waiting for that dark side to show itself, right? Every like nobody trusts it anymore, and I feel like reality TV has kind of backfired. Like people really liked reality TV at first, but now what does everyone say? Oh, that shit's fake. They know it's fake, right? And I think now that people have made that kind of connection, they start to look at everything like it's suspect. Which maybe they should. Maybe that's a good thing that people are questioning everything. That two celebrities can't even post a picture on social media right now without half the internet debating that the one of them isn't real, one of them's a fucking hologram or something. You know, um, I don't. I disagree. And the reason, the only reason why I disagree is because, um, you know, I someone as someone that grew up with Britney Spears, um, you know, as like the main focal point of my. Uh, preteenhood right Right. Uh, britney was huge during the time that you know i was becoming a woman and uh 
you know, celebrities at that time, what I remember being a teenager during that time was that they, they were just steeped, steeped in conspiracies. Um, I watched a video one time on YouTube about <laughs> every, every conspiracy, conspiracy theory story, uh, starts with this, but I did. I watched a YouTube video one time and it was, uh, specifically about how people thought that Britney's voice was fake. And, um, you know, one thing that she did because it's so high pitched and they're like, well, when she talks, she doesn't sound that way. And there's videos of her as a child, you know, back when she was one of the, um, you know, Musketeers, Musketeers, right. And, and she didn't sound like that, you know, so you think her voice would be more high pitched when she was, you know, you know, prepubescent and, you know, it's like a, it's like a big thing. Um, and then she had like posted and she was like aware because people were just slamming her all the time with this. Your voice is fake. Your voice is fake. Why do you do that to your voice? So she had posted a video of her at her home and she was singing and, you know, just to show like, yes, this is my voice. And, um, YouTube even went as far as to, uh, not YouTube, but the people on the internet went as far as to, um, saying that she didn't actually sound like that. She had actually sped up the video just slightly to make her voice higher pitch and they slowed it down and it sound like a normal voice you know and anyway that's just one of thousands of conspiracies that i've seen about specifically britney spears and every so often you'd have somebody else come around there's avril lavigne right she died right she died and she was replaced with a clone and listen, yeah you don't see yeah. that anymore you don't see that shit anymore with with the hit people today you don't see conspiracies like that constantly. I, I don't know what it is about that time period and that generation, but like that generation was just all for it. And now I don't know if it's because social media has made it easier to track these people's lives. I don't know. Um, but like, you're not going to see fucking, you don't see that Doja Cat's fucking been, you know, has been cloned or, you know, fakes her voice, which we all know that she probably does. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what it is, but it is weird that that doesn't really happen as much anymore. You ever hear the one about little Bow Wow getting raped by his limo driver? Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one that always stuck with me. Like, what? What the? It's crazy. <laughs> that probably happened. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I've, man, I don't know. I've, I've never been a limo driver, and if yeah. I, it's, I, I have no point of entrance in that story. <laughs> I, I mean, Justin Timberlake's fake. I mean, all these people like this, and there's just so, so many. Well, like, so do you remember okay. the the Millie Vanilli thing? Because that really happened. I mean, there's 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 a fair amount of limp lip syncing and you know audio yeah, tomfoolery yeah. that happens with some of these people. Sure. These people aren't exactly musicians. I mean, right. they're, they're more like dancers. Not not to take anything. Now you do have the Justin Timberlakes and, you know, no one better ever speak a word about Lance Bass in my presence because I absolutely love that man. But I I think some of these people, you know, we all we all know that like you know, there's a difference between, I don't know why I'm going to say John Mayer, but like somebody that really plays an instrument and like sings and there's no debate about that. Like yeah. that's really their voice. They're really performers versus like here are five kids from Orlando that were thrown together and played a couple malls before they were shot a music video. And now they, they, you know, they, they didn't spend 10 years doing underground basement shows on the club circuit, like green day or fallout boy, or sure. you know, they just kind of, they're very manufactured. And I think we realize we're very aware of that now. Um, and because of that, there tends to, be, we could be a little bit more cynical and doubt how much these people can really perform. 
So somebody saying that, like, you know, I don't know. Haven't you ever heard? Like, there was Mariah Carey performed like two years ago and was absolutely terrible because she didn't lip sync. They used her real audio. You know, yeah, I remember that. It was during uh, it was one of the New Year's Eves, and yeah, people were like, oh, she doesn't really sing. And it's like, okay, she does, you guys. It's just that, you know, these things fucking happen. I mean, when they're on the stage, usually they're not really singing. Do you remember Ashley Simpson on SNL? Oh, yeah. Yeah, where she came out and the fucking track was all fucked up and she oh, just started God. dancing around and shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there, I don't, I don't, I think that's people opening their eyes more. I, I, you know, and, and you're to your point of they don't do it as much now. You know, I don't know where's music at these days. I don't even know. I remember when music used to be about like Aerosmith and Metallica and bands. Yeah. And then it was about boy bands. And then I think it was about rap. I don't even know. I I don't even who's who's on the top who's like on the billboard charts. I don't even know. I've no clue. BTS, like is that? I don't, you know. No, I think I don't understand. There's like something weird and cultish about BTS. I don't (laughs) know. And now they're all joining the military? Like, that was... Did you hear that story? I don't know. I don't even know who BTS is. They're like a South Korean boy band. Okay. And they were like... They're all like 18 to 21. And I think South Korea might be one of those countries with mandatory military service, like like Israel and stuff. And they they said, okay, we're taking a break from the band because we all have to join the military. (laughs) Really? Wow. Yeah, and that was and people were like, "What?" And then everyone's like, "We'll wait." Why didn't they just like move, like go fucking go live in a different country? Yeah, and in October, BTS's record label said that all seven members of the group were planning to undertake military service. I mean, hey, Elvis, saying, listen, if that shit had happened to like NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys, everybody would be in fucking arms. Like, no, they're replacing them with robots. Like that would be the talk of the town. It happened to Elvis. Remember Elvis went to fucking Vietnam, you know, fucking conspiracies are about Elvis, Pato. That's all I'm saying. There aren't enough conspiracies about celebrities nowadays. So that just means that we were just conspiratorially minded, I guess. I don't know, you know, back then. And we're just not now. I I don't know what the difference is. Well, I found one of the rare ones that and I brought it up in the news segment of today's show. So they're they're still out there if you look hard. But it's about Paris Hilton and Britney Spears who have always had conspiracies surrounding them. Nobody believes a fucking thing about their lives. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. They've always been. Why are they targets of it? Because uh, I think because the well Paris because of the reality thing, and if there but if there's any truth to it, then we know that she, in, if there's any truth going back to the documentary that suggests that she was brainwashed via MK Ultra style techniques in the in the 90s. Maybe she was a plant. Maybe this was someone that they knew was going to be an heiress and that could be a pop culture influencer, and they wanted to do all this stuff to her to have her so that they could use her to do whatever i don't know and they're just not doing that anymore well she had an expiration date i mean she was she was fairly popular I she I mean, to like the new people the new people yeah but there's you know i don't know maybe that whole thing ran aground you know how many look at what happened to amanda Bynes. look at what yeah. happened to uh well, you know, all, that, of, all of those kids yeah all the disney channel kids i mean ashley tisdale turned out okay but like and then you had Jeanette McGurdy. You know who I'm talking about? Jeanette McCurdy, yeah. Yeah. And she, she, I actually want to read her book because her book just came out. It was like, 
They're all the, um The title is like I wish my mom was dead. I'm I'm glad my mom I'm glad my mom is dead well, so she I couldn't her. I tried to get her on the show. Um Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I did. Oh my god. I did because she talks about like actual human child sex trafficking as opposed to like what people think it is. And I, I would love to hear I would love to have her come on and share that perspective. Um, of somebody that's you know freshly out of it um because it's all oh my gosh it's it's all around dan schneider and all the shows that he had and is that the nickelodeon foot guy yeah that's the nickelodeon foot guy oh (laughs) my god we should do a show that's got to be another episode we do we might do a show on him yeah it's a lot um but you know and and it sucks because like that that was my those were my years those were my shows that's that's my childhood and i find out the guy's a fucking creep and you're like, God damn it, dude! I, I, it, it just—it's so disappointing when that happens. It really is. Um, but yeah, I, I tried to write her and get her on the show. I didn't hear anything yet, but I'll try it again. Well, maybe um, after Feminine Macabre Five drops. Exactly. I'm like, we're both published authors, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're both hot women. Come on, my show. We've oh, both been sexually abused. I don't know, if, I don't know if the two of you could be across from each other. I think that would be like a devil's box scenario. Where just the the waves would bounce back and forth too much, and a rip would open in reality, and who knows what the fuck would come out. It's going to be very sexy. Oh, it'd be too sexy for reality to retain. <laughs> we we couldn't have you guys in the same room. I would I would literally have to act as a buffer. You would need to use me as a nullifier in between those two. That would just be too goddamn much. It would have to. I have. It would be like at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, where they all have to hold hands together to withstand the Infinity Stone, like. <laughs> It can't just be the two of you. I need to be there to dance. Yeah, there's like bit. certain. I have like certain celebrities that I that I pester every little bit to come on the show. And one of these days, they're gonna say yes. Someone's gonna say yes. Oh, Jeanette McGurdy. She was. I like her. So anyway, okay. Well, maybe we'll do an episode on Dan Schneider. Do you guys want us to do an episode on that? Would you be interested in us talking about? Um, so here's here's a brief rundown on the Nickelodeon foot guy. He was a producer for Nickelodeon that was a fucking pederast and he put they they realized this after the fact you go back and watch all the shit that he did and it's always got little girls feet or like f- feature prominently and all this stuff you know there's and there was other stuff I mean, that's like the big thing but there, there was tons and tons of others he was the the biggest money maker on the network i mean right. aside from spongebob which i think single-handedly probably crushes his sales but the guys made a bunch of shows and a bunch of shows that, that you know and love and grew up with he did all that he did keenan and kel he did the amanda show he went on to go right. do iCarly. i mean and drake and josh it just continues you know he's he is um you know he pretty i mean god he might as well own nickelodeon at the time and come to find out the dude's a fucking first of all he had other issues sexualizing the kids um on and off screen um including using them a lot for his foot fetishes for his own personal foot fetishes um it's just a whole fucking mess it's a it, it's a whole yeah. mess. <laughs> you know if you guys don't want to hear it here we'll put it on the patreon either way we're going to talk about it so. i think we need to do it because that was something that i picked up on like because when i so i'm 10 years older than you so when you right. say you those were your shows you were what like 13 watching these no i was younger than that all right so let's say you were probably 10. i mean i for me it's always been on the air so i would say more like i mean because i remember like when are you afraid of the dark was on i'm not counting that though because that wasn't overtly pervy no, they started the sexualizing they started sexualizing kids in disney shows um 
probably I started noticing it when I was in my mid twenties. So you would have been in your teens. And then when my, when, when my son was born, when I was 27 and I was watching mostly Disney junior, but I mean the other ones too, you would kind of flip around and I would see some of these shows and I'd be like, these chicks are way too fuckable for this to be like kids programming. Like I'm picking, and now granted, I'm not a perv. And anyone that asks me if I go older or younger, I usually like older women. My wife is older than me, so like I do not have a predilection for young girls whatsoever. And I was like looking at like some of these like live action shows on Nickelodeon and Disney, and being like, these girls are entirely too sexy for this. You know what I mean? So I and, was watching it. Keenan and Kel came out in 1996, and I used to watch that. But that's different. Same with Amanda show. She wasn't sexualized on that's that. That's not different because all that had the same shit, and that was the same cast. All that came out in 1994. Okay, Nickelodeon at that time had a foot as its as its logo. Like <laughs> it did. <laughs> no, that goes back to like you can't do that on television. I remember that. That's a Monty Python thing though, too. Well, we should we should really thoroughly research this because I want I don't know if I necessarily have my timeline straight in my head either. Sure. What this guy did. All I'm saying is like I I know he was around for a very long time, but I'm saying I noticed a shift even if he was involved with Amanda the Amanda show and and Keenan and Kel, which I watched like kind of in high school. Not I was still a little bit too old for it, but like I remember thinking the Amanda show was hysterical. I absolutely love that girl, and um. And, but there was a there was a shift between that and then like that like the Disney shows that were later were like the kids like run hotels and stuff for like Sweet Life and Zack and Cody. I never watched Disney so or iCarly and that kind of shit. And iCarly was I was a teenager so I wasn't watching it by then. Um, but I mean, yeah, well, you're right. We'll just have to go back and you know <laughs> look at, look at everything. It's a topic for a different day. Sure. Watch some YouTube videos about it. There's tons of them. Um, <laughs> tons of them. Um, yeah. but, but lots of weird shit out there about Dan Schneider. And uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but speaking of problematic individuals, uh, Valiant Thor. <laughs> <laughs> this week's topic. Um, which I don't think had a foot fetish, but he very well could have. Um, well, he wasn't real, so he, he <laughs> most certainly did that. <laughs> In real i'm actually really shocked that you take that stance you know um, what can i be honest i didn't before this episode i um i'm gonna jump right into it because usually well, yeah, you that's, ask me, that's what i'm gonna ask what'd you yeah. think about valiant thor <laughs> i so he i knew who he was i knew the story i didn't know the specifics of it though i didn't know that it all came from one source i thought that it was like a more widely spread story and i think my first um like more than surface level exposure to the story actually came uh last year during uh american horror story (laughs) they had uh they did the double feature uh season which i think was 2021 yeah and part one was with um what's his name who's that little guy macaulay culkin and it was about vampires in a new england (laughs) town it was basically a ripoff of salem's lot part two however Macaulay Hulkin. I know. I love that. Oh, he's that little guy. You know, Macaulay. Guy. You know. <laughs> uh, part two had to do with UFOs, which I love because one of my favorite things about American Horror Story was the second season where there is an alien subplot that just is in there. And I, I loved that they did that so early on. 
And uh, it was great to see them come back to it. Um, and the second, so the second half of that season had to do with uh, basically alien abduction. And it, it gives a pretty unified, cohesive theory about alien abduction, about Roswell, about Eisenhower, about the Cold War, about Valiant Thor, weaves all these things together into a pretty cohesive narrative and brings it through to modern day. And what American Horror Story suggests was that um, Valiant Thor was an emissary from a, uh, or claimed to be an emissary from like an intergalactic alien federation. And he was sent to Earth to help them, help us um, transition from our current state to a more peaceful state so that we could join this intergalactic federation. And, um, prior to that, they, they make, uh, in, in, in the show, they weave in that he's working with the greys and that basically the greys came to earth, uh, around Roswell and said that, uh, basically they were gonna do a biological exchange. We would give you technology and in return, you're going to let us experiment and abduct 800 Americans a year. And we're going to go to you with this offer first. And if you don't take it, then we're going to go to the Russians. And America took it, right? And they let the aliens uh, set up shop underneath the White House or, or the Pentagon or whatever. And that's where they did their thing. And um, eventually the operation grew to a bigger size. And in the 50s, Valiant Thor came into the picture and kind of renegotiated the deal a little bit and he was instrumental in them creating area 51 there's also a scene where valiant thor is fucking mamie eisenhower played by sarah paulson which was kind of hot um because he's an android or whatever but he used to fuck her a lot because it's ryan murphy it's american horror story whatever and uh, eventually it's revealed, though, that Valiant Thor is not who he seems, nor the aliens, that they're creating this hybrid program because what they want to do is wipe out all the human beings on the Earth and then take over the Earth for themselves. The whole reason they wanted the, uh, the Earthlings to disarm our nuclear arsenal is because we would have destroyed the planet and their primary goal was to capture the planet and to populate the planet for themselves. And if we destroyed the environment, they wouldn't be able to do that. So their whole plan was the genocide of the human race anyway. They just wanted to make sure that the environment stayed intact. That was the plot line of American Horror Story, at least. So I knew that that wasn't, like, like I don't want to say, like, factual or real, because none of this stuff is factual. I knew that that was a riff on the Valiant Thor mythology, um, but I didn't necessarily know how much. And okay. uh, after researching this week's episode, it doesn't matter because none of this shit is real anyway. <laughs> and that's I'm all so I got to say about that. I'm so very curious. Um, I'm 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 excited to just dive right into it. Um, so yeah, I've I've heard about Valiant Thor a lot, mostly because <clears throat> um, there was a claim made by somebody who's always been very dishonest, uh, Andy Colvin. Um, who, if you don't know Andy, I don't suggest you find out who he is now, but, <laughs> um, 
in one of the books that he had republished, his thing is like he takes all these dead researchers, okay, and he buys the rights to their books and then he republishes them on Amazon to turn a quick buck, right? Which is whatever. That's cool. But then he'll go in and add his two cents as if like he knew the authors or wrote alongside them or whatever and like he'll add details to it um he had made a claim about about valiant thor saying that um he showed a picture of valiant thor to tanya derenberger and asked her if that was injured cold and she said yes which tanya denies that she ever said that um it's not injured um so you know I, i've been vaguely familiar with the topic but i've never really deep dived it um much and that's mostly why i wanted to cover it because a lot of people talk about this story like it's like the holy grail of ufo stories and it's not <laughs> so no and- those pictures are just dudes at a barbecue dude there's there's no <laughs> <laughs> it's like people in suits and it's like i love that like that's how low the ceiling is for people to show up like i was at a bar once and i was t- this guy was so drunk he could barely talk straight and he was trying to tell me that he knew the newscaster on tv and he was okay. like and he was like i know her i went to high school with her and granted the chick that he was talking about was from the neighborhood like her name's robin Baumgarten. she's on wgn local and, news people usually are yeah yeah well she was she was like very local to the south side and he was like you want to see i have her phone number my cell phone and he pulled out his cell phone and he had a text message where someone had typed the word robin Baumgarten, and that was his proof that he knew her oh Okay. And, and and me and the girl that I was with looked at him and were like, what? Like, that's this, right? Like, I got yeah. this picture of a guy in a suit at a fucking barbecue, but that's really an alien. <laughs> and you can't see it, but Eisenhower's standing off camera. Like, fucking right. whatever. Right. It's like, that's putting on. You know, that's the thing. So, and, and that's another thing, is that there's not just one picture. There's two completely separate. Well, you said, Pato, it's only been covered by one person. That's not true. It's been covered by two, very heavily. And both of those two individuals tell very different stories it does not add up walk me through that because i i did get a little i didn't know about frank strange's in his book um so he wrote a book stranger at the pentagon published in 1967 which which tells the story of valiant thor at that point that this story was technically already a decade old so who else i didn't know so i thought that there was multiple sources for this I so then after doing research, I thought it was only Frank Strange's. Who's the other person that talked about this? Uh, Phil Schneider. And who's he? Phil Schneider is the one who first talked about this. Um, so he would go around and do um, lectures about uh, Valiant Thor, and he didn't publish it. Um, and I think that was the issue, and that's where Frank Strange's came along and was like, "Well, I'm gonna take my opportunity." He probably went and listened to one of Phil Schneider's fucking talks and built the whole fucking you know but built the rest of the story around it um they both have wildly different accounts um phil it is the very first one to have produced the photo of valiant thor and and the one that i think you're referring to is a bunch of like there's like two young dudes and a lady the picture that phil has has like a middle-aged looking man a blonde haired older man you know that doesn't look anything like the the picture that frank put out um so phil schneider tells all kinds of crazy stories frank this is my these are my notes oh uh, i see what you're saying i'm lo- looking at the two pictures now yeah these are not even 
two totally dude. different individuals. Right. <laughs> um, Frank Strange's, this is my note on Frank Strange's, this is all I got for him. Uh, Frank Strange's is fucking insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, but his, I like his Valiant Thor better because he looks like Chris Isaac. He looks, he's a lot more attractive. He's a lot more handsome. Yeah. Um, But two totally different individuals. But Bill Schneider is also insane. But there is some um, kind of uh, shock that you don't, you didn't come across that because there is something that we'll we'll get into about him. Um, He used to tell all kinds of crazy fucking stories. I mean, he's talked about how he's had shootouts with aliens and I mean, fucking crazy shit, right? Um, And then, and his story predates uh, Frank's by about a decade. Uh-huh. And then Frank, well, Frank didn't tell his until about 20 years later. Um, according to Phil, Valiant Thor worked for the U.S. government for about 40 or 40 to 50 years, whereas Frank says that he was there for three years. Mm-hmm. So big difference. Three year mission. Yeah. He was on a three year, three year mission. They both pretty much have the same um, concept. I think Frank definitely had a lot more details um, was that he's a Venusian Venusian. That's right, right? Venusian. Right. Well, there's these are all hypothetical terms. <laughs> Not Venusian, right. <laughs> Venusian. Um, he, but he was from Venus, okay. The, the man came from Venus, um, according to Frank. Um, he came on his, uh, his ship, the, uh, what is it? The Victor One. And he was part of the Council 12, um, which was a council of... Uh, people within the galactic federation i mean my god it's i'm trying not to gag saying all this it's so cringy (laughs) um but anyway um frank's story is that um valiant thor landed in alexandria virginia in march of 1957 he was encountered by a couple of police officers and he told the police officers i want to talk to your president um so they just let him and that president at the time happened to be eisenhower eisenhower is steeped with ufo lore and it's not just valiant thor i would like to talk about some of the other stuff that he's into eventually but not today mm-hmm. um eisenhower and then roosevelt's like all in the cryptids and shit it's pretty cool um but anyway so valiant thor was here to um help us because we were making nukes and that's bad and we're going to hurt ourselves you know shoot your eye out kid is what uh valiant thor came down and said to us and um he said i'll make you this offer i will trade you some great great technologies and also um you know technologies that will help you you know live longer and you know cure illnesses and then i'm going to show you how to live a peaceful life like we do and all these wonderful riches if we just promised to stop making nukes and us in america we said nah no thanks right <laughs> so yeah so then he stayed here and worked on other projects i don't know well i you know i understand that and i've never um you know I get that part of the story. That sounds realistic to me because you're an advanced tech, you're an advanced race coming here under the guise of uh, peace. And you're asking us to completely disarm ourselves. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I get that too. If we do yeah. fuck our planet over, then that fucks our atmosphere over. And that could have lasting effects on other planets around us. 
Right. No, I mean, I get why. The, and if, if the American horror story theory is that th- their primary concern was the environment, the planet. The, right. the planet is of no use to them if we destroy it, if right. we irradiate the whole thing. So, um, you know, get us to disarm and then they can do whatever they want with us. But as long as we're nuclear equipped, we can, we're going to attempt to deploy those weapons. Whether or not they'll be successful in defeating the aliens doesn't matter as much as the fact that we know it'll be successful in destroying the environment in the process, in which case the, the prize that they want is lost. You know what I mean? So it's almost like the one thing that we have going for us is the fact that we do refuse to disarm. Because as long as we're still armed, we might not be able to technically defeat the aliens, but we'll be able to destroy the prize that they're going for. So it draws this out into a prolonged conflict, right? Um, which is an interesting thing to consider. Yeah. Well, I have a lot to say about that. Um, yeah. Then we'll, we'll get there. Let's slow it down for a minute and pretend that whoever's listening to this has never heard of this before. Okay. Okay. Um, so a couple of details about Valiant Thor himself. Um, as mentioned, um, sometimes he's a blonde, older man. Sometimes he's a dark-haired, handsome man, uh, <laughs> depending on the story that you read. Um, he had six fingers and six toes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, his primary mission was to maintain order in the Milky Way galaxy. And that's why, you know, again, he came here, made us the offer. Um, Frank says that he that Valiant Thor told him that he was 490 years old. Whereas Phil said that their life expectancy was 490 years old. So who knows which one? Yeah. Um, He had an IQ of 1,200 somehow. And uh, he could appear and disappear at will, um, manipulating the molecular structure of his body, which, you know means that he probably didn't look though let's just pretend he's real probably didn't look like a person he was just making himself look like a person then why the fuck did he give himself six fingers and toes on each hand and foot right whatever i guess that's neither here nor there um you know so they the president tried to like press him about life on other planets and things like that and he wouldn't budge he really didn't want to talk about it and disclose that information um there's a story about how allegedly a somebody tried to inject him with something for some reason and it really pissed him off and he told them if they did that again then they wouldn't be very happy they would regret it he said um frank this is i mean this is where things kind of fall apart um frank strange's would give a talk and would talk about valiant thor and then he says that at one of his lectures he was approached by somebody who offered to introduce them and so he did and then that's where frank got all these details from which is insane but (laughs) it doesn't work that way um yeah so you know okay frank strange's like I said, he's fucking insane. Okay. He is an evangelist. Um, so everything that he talks about is very, very steeped in religion, including the story of Valiant Thor. He mixes like aliens into his religion. Right. Which is whatever. You know, that I understand that. I mean, because obviously aliens exist, so you gotta explain it away somehow. But I mean, really pushed it and um, you know, talked crazy. I mean, just listen to the guy talk for five minutes, he sounds nuts um and you know it's whatever 
Philip Schneider, Phil Schneider was also very much like that, but again, told much more fantastical stories about things that he was directly involved with. Um, Frank in the, or not Frank, Phil in the 90s, um, and, and this part is true, died under unusual circumstances. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was separated at the time and his, and, uh, he was found dead in his home. And the ex-wife has actually publicly come out and said that, well, he had been dead for a long time. So I wanted to see his body because I wanted to make sure, because they said that, you know, he had had a heart attack. That was the initial claim. He had a heart attack. She's like, so I just wanted to look at his physical body and see, you know, if there was any injuries or anything. Um, The coroner wouldn't let her um because the body had sat there decomposing for so long you know they thought that that would be a bad idea for her which i can understand and sometimes that is a bad idea um but you can do it you're allowed um but that's okay she didn't and then later when it came out when the autopsy came out they actually put his cause of death was um by suicide and he strangled himself with a catheter tube and she says that that's not possible because the man had was missing fingers and had a fucked up shoulder. He wouldn't have been able to physically strangle himself. Um, and he had other things. I mean, he had a gun at home. He had he was very sickly, so he took all this medication. He could have just OD'd on that and died. If he really wanted to kill himself, there were easier ways to do it than him slowly and painfully strangling himself um you know with with a with a catheter tube and you know she is very insistent that he was taken out because of the things that you know he was talking about and he told everybody all the time if i'm never going to kill myself it's not going to happen but then again if you are somebody that's steeped in conspiracies and you're also done with life a really hilarious thing to do would be to tell everybody that if you die by suicide that it's the government's fault and then you would go kill yourself i mean people have done crazier shit (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so or i think something else to consider too is that the company you keep if you're telling crazy stories your friends and colleagues are people that believe crazy stories and tell crazy stories right there's a certain element of mental instability in your crowd and all it takes is for the wrong person to come over on the wrong day and you guys get in an argument about the wrong thing and they pop off and fucking to strangle you. It doesn't need to be a CIA agent that crawls through your window. And well, that's true. Chokes you with your own catheter. It could be the guy that, you know, got connected with at the latest UFO speech convention. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it could be anybody. You're traveling in those circles. And and honestly, like, we're not going to solve that crime. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> on, yeah, on no, Google I, I, all these yeah. years later, you know. No, 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 no. He's dead and it doesn't matter. It's just that it is something to consider. I will put this out there and I will be very adamant. And I think that if anybody disagrees, you're just silly. Like we know Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. We all know that. Right. You know, so we know that the government's capable of doing that or, you know, somebody is capable of taking people out to silence them. It does happen. It does. Yeah, sure. Did this happen to Phil Schneider? Probably not. No, Um, because and, and that's only because the man, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Right. Even if it did happen to Phil Schneider, he said so much crazy shit his entire life. Nobody fucking believes him now. Yeah, I always wonder, especially with, uh, you know, the, yeah, Philip Spector, uh, not Philip Spector, <laughs> <laughs> but um, who's the other guy? Frank Strange. Frank you know, Strange, yeah. they're allowed, they, they seem to, 
operate for a very long time without being killed. And you, you wonder what the tipping point is, if there is one. Same thing, and, and I brought this up when we had Alan Greenfield on the show. Um, why are you still alive? Yeah. You, you know, I asked yeah. a point you blank. You did ask a point blank. <laughs> Hard-hitting journalist Pat O'Sullivan asked Alan Greenfield, why the fuck are you still alive? And he said, well, they've tried to kill me. <laughs> right. But, I mean, that his, I'm not saying that. If if he felt his life was threatened, I am I am not making light of it. I think that that would be a, a terrible thing to have to live with, to know that like your life you almost lost your life that fateful afternoon after the orgy in the fucking woods or whatever he was saying. But like, <laughs> I just I think that like you're right. We got to Epstein, and here's the thing: whoever got to Epstein wasn't even really clean about it. <laughs> Like it's it's yeah. a fucking meme now. Right. That's how that's how sloppy and unnatural that death looked. Everybody but knows. Yeah. Everybody knows. And but nothing's happening about it. And guess what? Yeah. We're all paying our taxes and going to work tomorrow. Right. So like, here's the thing: if you if you're gonna take a shot now, maybe times have changed, and maybe that boldness came out of desperation. Maybe Epstein, like, there was no quite easier way to do it. Or maybe just no one gives a fuck anymore. It's the 21st century. YOLO, bitch. You well, know what I mean? Dude's a pedophile. Fuck him. He deserved to die. I mean, I right. <laughs> well, that was the other thing, too, is that no one mistook this man for an innocent. But let's face right. it, his death covers up the tracks of how many other pedophiles that will go unpunished now. So yeah. if, if your ultimate goal in life is to see pedophiles punished, you did not don't count epstein's assassination as a victory because what that was was he died so that many 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 others could go free right not not to make this whole thing about epstein my point is is that like i don't know if if they want to kill people they fucking kill people and they do it how they want when they want on their own timeline this idea that like these guys live and and made their speeches for decades and then fucking died under fishy circumstances in their shitty apartments one night Look, that maybe that was the CIA, or maybe it was the Pizza Man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah, it was some some fucking you know shifty. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> twink meth head that they brought in off the streets. You know yeah, that, right. that yes, that, I agree. Yeah, it could have been anything. I don't know. I agree. So why? So okay. So now let's get into. Um, you know, I I agree. I just wanted to acknowledge the the Epstein shit because again. I'm telling you guys that yes, I believe that people people in higher places of power do kill people to silence them. Sure, I don't believe that Phil Schneider is probably one of them, and that's because of what Phil Schneider presented to the world the entirety of his life. Right. So my the moral of that story is don't be a fucking liar. Don't make bullshit up. And I've said this before. What is going on already with the unknown is already fucking fantastic. You don't have to lie about it. Like it's already interesting enough. Like don't don't be that person. And then when you get off and you're credible your entire life, then maybe I'll believe that it was the government that did it. Um, but uh, let's get into why we think the story's bullshit. Um, unless, Pat, did I miss anything about the generals of Valiant Thor? Uh, I mean, I think uh, Frank Strange had uh, he was in he was a preacher. He was an evangelical and he went to great lengths to connect valiant thor with the christian church yeah and i i mean i'm sure that's what you're getting to next or at least are, are, are well, we getting I, there i touched on it for a second but you can go you can you know more about that kind of stuff than i do I'm sure. yeah i think that it's um 
you know, we have a hard enough time believing religion as is. I don't think you need to bring in Venusians with it. Like, just one thing at a time. And this Frank Strange is, I think sometimes you can look at the stories people tell. And you can learn a lot about their psyches from them. And this is something that as a filmmaker myself, I can look back at different movies that I've made and I can tell where I was at at that point in my life, what relationship I was in, what my mental state was, what I was doing for fun, who my friends were, what I was listening to musically, all that stuff that when I make these little movies, they're very much snapshots of like where I am in my life. Right. And I think that the shit that Frank Frank Strange's uh, whole shtick about Valiant Thor coming to Earth to spread the message of Christ, it very much um, fits his aesthetic, right? So his background was as a preacher, all right? Um, But he was also a filmmaker, too. Um, He has, uh, he, he produced a film in the late 60s the year after his book came out about Valiant Thor, uh, he produced a film called No Tears for the Damned. And it's about a man driven insane by his adulterous wife and domineering mother. A man, okay, a man driven insane by his adulterous wife and domineering mother terrorizes the city of Las Vegas, brutally murdering streetwalkers and homosexuals. So that was a movie that he produced. And produce means. Either you, it can mean two different things. One, it could just mean that you give them the money to make it, or it can mean that you kind of help come up with the story and then you find the actors and you find the the director and you, you produce it, you put all the players together to make it right. So uh, I really don't know what level of involvement he had, but at the very least he paid for it. And this movie, no tears for the damned would go on and play the exploitation circuit all over the United States um with uh let me some of the movies that it played with so this was a real thing like you could find it on imdb you can find the posters for it and if you google search if you google search the title and then go to images you can find a lot of um uh what's it called like uh movie bills of movies that it played with right so here are some movies that his movie played with on a double bill ride a wild stud blackmailed wives and suburban roulette (laughs) suburban roulette has the uh has the title as like the the little caption get an eyeful of what goes on behind the keyholes of suburbia both of these films are not rated and uh are labeled as adult entertainment so i don't want to say he was making porn but he was making very uh, lurid exploitation films, let me put it like that. And what's interesting is that his film is the story of a man driven insane by his adulterous wife and domineering mother who terrorizes the city of Las Vegas, brutally, murder- brutally murdering streetwalkers and homosexuals. So let's do a little bit. Of, let's be armchair psychologists for a second here. All right. Uh, This film condemns strong women figures, right? And adulterous wife and a domineering mother, right? Those are the main antagonists. Okay. And they provoke a man 
to go on a murder spree killing uh, sexually liberated women and homosexuals. So all of those, if, if you were to, if you were to say that like that type of film was produced by an evangelical preacher, you could kind of be like, well, wow, that's, that's a, that's a little bit hardcore, right? Like it, it, it fits where you would think they would be socially, right? Where, where they want to condemn uh, homosexuality and sexual liberation and also women that, that are, don't know their place in the home. <laughs> But at the same time, to make a movie based on that, that you're going to run side by side with movies like Suburban Roulette yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. Like, it's kind of I think it's very interesting. It shows that he has that a, he's an entrepreneur. Right. Because lots of people have money. They don't all go and finance exploitation films. OK, that he's got a uh, an aesthetic. He's got it. He's got something that he's really trying to preach, which is in line with his evangelical roots. Okay, but he's also willing to engage in non-direct manners to get this message across. He's willing to make an exploitation movie that's going to run the exploitation circuit, but it's going to have a very um kind of conservative message to it, right? Okay. And that's what's interesting about his Valiant Thor story. Valiant Thor, the story of Valiant Thor is not all that much different than the day the earth stood still. That's correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? The so original, it, it, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's got kind of a basis in Hollywood and, and, and film. Like it, it's a story that we're all familiar with, but he takes it. And when that alien walks out of the spaceship, he starts preaching the gospel of Christ. Yep. So to me, this seems like just an, and a lot of these, I don't know, a lot of, dude, religion is, and I, this isn't everybody, but there's a buck to be made there. And there's a lot of people that like, you know, hey, oh, yeah. my, my fam, you know, people's family trades are, there's a lot of electricians in, in the O'Sullivan family, right? There's a lot of carpenters. There's a lot of engineers. Some people, everybody's a cop, right? My dad was a cop. I was a cop. My grandpa was a firefighter. My dad was, you know, stuff like that, right? Uh, everybody's school teachers, whatever. And it's just kind of the business. And you grow up in the business and you learn the business and it becomes second nature to you. And some of the, that has, uh, that same thing is with religion and evangelical religion, where that's how you're going to make your money. You're not a Catholic priest taking a vow of uh, poverty where you're going to live off the the church and you're going to go to the, the monastery and you're going to get or uh, whatever and you're going to give up pussy and all that shit sure and you're you know no no you're going to be a you're going to be an evangelical you're going to be a uh a protestant where you can still marry and i can still whatever and i can also still make a buck and honestly this feels like this an extension of this guy trying to do the cash grab and maybe finding creative ways to work in the to, to tie in the gospel and maybe that was part of his maybe he thought he was doing the lord's work by it i don't know or maybe he, um, maybe it was just all about making money, and he knew that religion was a great way to fucking turn a buck, and so was all this science fiction, new age shit, you know. And I'm going to stop talking for a second, but I, I do have an article from the L.A. Times from uh, 1985 that I want to read about him. Okay, that kind of paints a similar picture of him as well. But I'll let you. Oh, okay. You want me to go ahead? Um, here's one thing that I hope that we have genuinely 
taught you guys here at on Wednesdays we talk weird and here's what we know is that sexual regression and sexual liberation is like the root of all life it really is um it really makes or break a person doesn't it um we have continuously found out over and over again that these problematic individuals tend to be extreme extremely um sexually regressed uh like in the case of uh, frank strange's reminds me a lot of the heaven's gate people reminds me a lot of that and uh we know that they were gay and didn't want to admit it you know <laughs> just be who you are always choose uh sexual liberation because it it's obviously that is the key to you being a, a decent person mm-hmm. <laughs> get, your, get your fuck on i mean get i know that we, we probably right. talk yeah. about sex probably five percent too much on this show right but oh, like man. but for real well, yeah but like <laughs> i think i you know don't throw out baby out with the bath water like we, being afraid of it yeah like just you don't have to talk about sex all the time and and show your boobs everywhere or whatever but if you do you'll reach number five on the paranormality magazine fucking <laughs> top you 10 sure podcast <laughs> and you your sponsorship co- for manscaped uh- <laughs> <laughs> and your co-host will be part of the feminine cop i am five <laughs> i mean you know i'm just saying you don't have to be that person but like you also don't have to be afraid of whatever sex it is that you enjoy unless that sex is harming other people and then you you got some problems not consenting people yes uh, right uh 100 consensual sex um i mean do it do it do it, do it to your sore you know mm. do it to your pregnant or the father of 10, 10 million babies i mean whatever it is you need to do to make yourself not be a piece of shit right don't yuck someone else's yum too no no yeah leave other people alone you right. you, you mind your own hole <laughs> or appendage or both um you know that's what you're into we don't kink shame here um but no uh, yeah i I just i just wanted to make that a point i think it's hilarious that every time we talk about one of these people surprise surprise we should start doing like a um i don't know i don't know what we should do we need like a fucking we need like the uh like the Wee herman scream every time we talk about somebody being sexually repressed (laughs) something we'll do something i don't know mm. let's, let's make a greatest hits episode of all the people <laughs> talked about <laughs> right um anyway uh take it away with the article there pato oh um so this is from 1985 and uh actually september 11th 1985 uh he frank uh strange was giving a uh presentation at the Van Nuys Town Hall Friday evening for the monthly gathering of National Investigator Investigations Committee on UFOs. Uh, so this was a this was a California-based organization founded by Strange in 1964 to document encounters on Earth with those from beyond. In the 20 plus years, Strange has compiled many firsthand accounts, including a few of his own. These are contained in a library of books, pamphlets, and cassette tapes. So it kind of goes on to detail the different books that he was selling at this. So it, it, this is a this is a news article. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you Google it, you can find it. It's LA Times, 1985, Frank Grimes. Um, and it just kind of very, just by way of presenting the facts, um, talks about how he's just there to sell stuff. Uh, yeah. His titles include Saucer Mania, Unbelievable Stories of Crashed Saucers and Bodies, Government Secrecy, and UFO photo, Photos for $4.50. Uh, 
my friend from beyond earth the story of an extraterrestrial valiant thor and his friendship with the author four dollars and fifty cents strange also publishes the ufo journal the spring issue carried an article by him on the men in black um strange says the men in black are lucifer's angels he offered this defense against them and uh, if you have not yet subscribed to the Inner Space Link Confidential Newsletter, please write me without further delay. Therein you will read and know the secret of the Ring of Fire. You will be able to perform the sacred ceremony in the privacy of your home, and you will never again have to be subjected to the forces of evil. Please send a self-addressed stamp envelope today. Um, so that's, you know, I, I and it does that a little bit where it, it's it, the article is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But um, it does talk about uh, the different stuff that he's selling. Um, there's a reference of to right, right. One of the speakers that got up that day was a Mrs. Gee, former employee at the Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, who he said had told him she personally recorded the collection at the base of more than 1,000 crates of spacecraft debris, including the mutilated bodies of aliens. Um, yeah. Let's see what else. So we knew about that. Um, but he's selling it. What I thought was kind of interesting is that he was selling a bunch of different stuff. And, and they, in the article talks about different people buying um, the different things that he's selling. And he brings up the uh, Piri Rees maps. Are you familiar with these at all? I'm not. No. So he was selling copies of these things. And I had to look this up because I actually have heard these mentioned a couple of times. They were part of Graham Graham Hancock's uh, Netflix thing about ancient apocalypse. Oh. And basically it's this uh, series of maps that were found in the 15, that were dated back to the 1500s. And uh, they were found like in Turkey. And basically it's the maps that they think Columbus used when he went looking for um, the new world. And they show a couple different things that are interesting. They show South America attached to Antarctica. And um, people think that these maps, uh, they could just, they're old maps. I mean, they're real. They're not like fake or anything, but it's one of those things where are they incorrect because the world once looked like that? Or are they incorrect because you're talking about people making these things 600 years ago, right? Without real sophisticated equipment. Like obviously these okay. people, they're, they're more accurate than you think they would be. But the fact that they have like Argentina, like Argentina touching the South Pole, does that because is that because at one point they were connected, or is that because that's just like the map that they drew and they didn't really know or something, you know? And he even uh, Frank Strange goes on to claim that you can only draw these maps from the air, and that these maps were were somehow created by people flying around in ufos which there's no real evidence for i mean why i don't know why you think you'd have to be in the air to make these maps but um, okay. I, I thought it was interesting you brought those up because i had actually heard of those in other sources and the fact that he was then selling these at his talks which is something that he has nothing to do with whatsoever you know what i mean like he photocopied these maps probably from something in a book at a library somewhere and then he put them in a plastic slip cover and he was selling them for five dollars a piece at his talks he's like look i have maps i'm credible right right and it's it's literally something that anyone with a library card probably could have found in them photocopied but he was using that as more merch to sell you know which i think anyone that's gone to any of these conventions knows that uh sometimes you just take the fucking 
cooler out of your garage and slap a sticker on it and try to sell it at the fucking Whitfield UFO Fest, you know? We're selling ashtrays with cigarette butts still in it. Hey, look, it's the uh, hey, Wednesdays we talk weird. You stop it. <laughs> right? You Everybody grind. knows. It's only been used a handful of times. <laughs> that is not true. We do sell grinders and ashtrays. But they aren't ashtrays are going to show up with like a laundry basket. Like, all right, who wants panties? Who wants socks? Who wants leggings? I should. I'd probably make money at these things. Um, fucking hair clippings and shit. Right. So I told my wife, I'm like, don't do laundry. The, 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 the saga of the washing machine has finally come to a close. And I, at the end, I was like, just sell these things. We've got a pile of dirty panties in the fucking... Someone's going to want to buy the panties of Pato's wife, I'm sure. That's true. We put these up on Teespring. Start moving these fucking things. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how Teespring works, but or they should. an Etsy store. I don't know. They, they, they should. Well, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Etsy store. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, why do you think that the Valiant Thor story is bullshit? Why? Um, yeah. I think I was just... When I found out that it was mostly f- what we know about that story, that that mythology <clears throat> comes from this uh, Frank Strange character. He se- he didn't seem to know what the fuck he was talking about. He seemed very dubious, and that just made the whole thing seem kind of BS. Yeah, listen to him for five minutes. I, yeah, you, you know, yeah. And his his connection to the church, and then. Um, his also the fact that his his turn is a f- exploitation filmmaker, which is strange that I would use somebody making exploitation films as a way to, uh, you know, attack their character. But I think in this situation, you know, I mean, it'd be one thing if I I was trying to sell fucking UFO books and shit, you know what I mean? Or I I don't know, it, it, maybe that's a really bad example. But uh... <laughs> okay, I'll tell you why I think it's bullshit. Okay. Um. Because you got Phil's story that predates Frank's story. Their facts don't match up. Okay. They both have pictures, but th- that just sounds like to me Frank totally ripped off Phil's like idea. I think that back then, this and this was uh between like the forties and the sixties. Um like you didn't have like Google now, right? So if you had this guy Phil going around showing his picture of Valiant Thor and telling his Valiant Thor story, it's not like you could get on Reddit. And be like, hey, can I see that other guy's picture of Valiant Thor? And you guys tell me about his story. Like, it wasn't that simple. You had to actually physically go out and be able to see these people. Um, I think Frank just entirely ripped the story off of Phil, who already is also another crazy person who made it up. It doesn't make sense. Why is the guy's fucking name Valiant Thor? Uh, That's a very Earth name. Okay. I can totally believe that an alien would come to the United States government and would offer to like cure all of our diseases and and give us people a better life um, because they want to continue to make money because they're powered from greed. But then why wouldn't that alien, okay, the Americans aren't the the only people on this country. Why wouldn't they then go to like a more impoverished country and sell their technologies to them and make deals with them? Like that never happened anywhere else except for the United States. We're not the end all be all. We don't run the fucking world. Okay. There's so much about it that doesn't make sense. It just, it just doesn't. And, and I, it's disappointing. It is disappointing. Um, but there's no real evidence to support that this actually happened. I mean, there's nothing. It's just like me being like, oh, well, you know, I, I live close to the Air Force Base. So I went to the Air Force Base and I talked to an alien from there. And that alien, um, you know, his name is Grand Jesus. And 
<laughs> we, and you know he's trying to get us to stop making nukes and you know, i mean i could tell the same fucking story anybody could any anybody could because there's no evidence that backs it whatsoever it's just telling a story you know it's the same as me being like well, maybe not me but like i don't know my old my my uncle being like it was me in the bigfoot costume in that video you know anybody can say anything like you're you're allowed to say whatever you want whether or not it's true (laughs) you know makes a difference and there's just nothing else backing this up so um that's it i mean there's no evidence for it it doesn't make sense well yeah and i think uh did you bring up the venetian thing oh yeah yeah yeah. that's right you can't live on venus nobody lives on venus (laughs) and that's that's something that once again like I, I I know I've brought up on this show before is that early contactees, early alien, uh, not abductees, but people that have contact with aliens, there's always a name. There's always a location. Yeah. They're always from somewhere and they have a name and all this stuff. And I feel yeah. like that stuff is a little bit more romantic and personal. Yeah, make that shit up. Yeah. But it makes less sense, you know. Um, for For them to live somewhere or to live on Venus? Right. Or, I mean, oh, yeah, even, Venus specifically, right. Yeah, or just I mean, I don't I don't want to call anyone else out on the carpet, but I mean that there's there's a couple stories out there where where people experience a, a very specific individual with a very specific name that comes from a very specific location and you're just and it I think that that kind of stuff is a little bit we're now realizing that that's not true like well there was a time where like we didn't know enough about the fucking planets and shit so when someone said oh they're from venus we could all look at each other and be like wow they're from venus and now we're like well no venus is like all gas like nothing lives there you know what i mean there's no flat surface yeah. like it's, it's not possible and but we didn't know that back then you know same thing with like when when the whole alien abduction stuff revolved around we're from this solar system we're from this planet and this location and now it's the prevailing theory is that, well, they're from other dimensions or something, or it's time travel or whatever that, you know, that there's less stories about us, them being from one specific point on the map and more like they're from another direction that we can't conceptualize or something. You know, I don't know. It's just it's, well, it's, if, it's you're going to hoax, if you're going to hoax an alien story, it has to be outside of our solar system. <laughs> we can see everything inside of our solar system. We know what's going on here. Uh, we can't see outside of it. I mean, we kind of can, but not enough to really know. Um, it's a very interesting concept. A lot of people use this argument. I already know. I already hear you guys. I already know you guys are going to start talking to me. You're, just, you're yelling right now that we found um, something, some things on Venus that could potentially support life. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the thing. You got it backwards, okay? Venus started off as a really probable planet to eventually have life on it. As the sun grew, okay, it overheated the shit out of Venus and ruined any chances of it having life on it, all right? That's, that's, that is the way that is, okay? So let's talk about Valiant Thor then for a minute. Some of the other claims that was made about him were like some things that he had going on physically. Um, he had a larger heart than usual. Um, he had one lung. Okay. And he didn't like have normal blood. He had a different type of blood. I can't remember what it was. Um, doesn't matter. But he didn't have like the blood like we have blood. And so I, I and then in one of the stories, I think it was Phil's, actually it might have been Frank's even said that like they couldn't they had to wear a special belt in order to be on our planet or something. Um, which is ridiculous. But 
okay all right if all that is true why then does he look like a fucking a white guy <laughs> looks like chris isaac <laughs> right why does it look like some white guy in either picture why does he just look like some white guy you know um with six fingers and six toes Ooh, that's really spaceman like you know i don't know it just sounds really ridiculous um but yeah and then you know on top of that nothing can live on venus i know i've talked about the um possibility of uh tesla being a venusian i don't think he was ever from venus um i don't think anybody that's ever claimed that they they're from venus is really from venus that's not to say that people making those claims are hoaxers it could be that that thing could be Valiant Thor is telling us that's where he's from. It could be Valiant Thor isn't his name. That's just a name he gave himself when he's here. You know, um, I don't know, you know, but I but th- but this story in particular is still no matter what is bullshit. And again, if you're going to fake something like this, at least fake it outside of our galaxy, you know, at minimum. And then that'll buy you a couple thousand years, probably. <laughs> so fucking amateurs like any amateurs you know so anything else you want to say about valiant thor pato no do you guys believe in the story of valiant thor if you do let me know Br- bring to me your information because to be quite honest with you as much as i'm uh, vaguely familiar with the concept i mean this is the first time i'm really digging into it so maybe i'm missing something i'm open change my mind uh call 773-59-WEIRD and uh <laughs> change my mind but uh and leave her leave her a voicemail congratulating her for uh, her inclusion in Feminine Macabre Volume Five. Oh, please, please, and thank you. I'll be here all week, um, or rather, I'll be back here next week when we do another show. We'll see you guys next Wednesday.